This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I'm pleased that you decided to go with our Hail Cheaters opening. We discussed that last week. We did. Yeah, I just thought I liked it a little more. It's a little <laughs> it's a little stronger. I have to, hello and welcome is very formal and it uh, is it is a little not, formal. I feel like it's I'm a, on NPR or something. So hearing you say Hail Cheaters actually puts me in a little better mood. We were talking be- right before we started recording the pod that uh, we're starting to get a little stressed out with the Fantasy League right now because now the double game weeks are announced, we're in the, the home stretch. It's getting, it's getting like gravely serious at this point. It is. I, I can't imagine how stressed I'd be if I had something to play for. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my season, you know, it was such a bad. So I've actually had a pretty good stretch of like I, I think I was telling you yesterday. I'm up about I'm up seven hundred thousand places in three weeks. Like, that's, that's just insane. The last three. It is insane. Seven hundred k. Yeah, it's it was points to how far down I was, but uh, I I have like zoomed up into respectability, but I'm still far far below where I need to be. But it's at least I've I've done just I mean because if I had had three more bad weeks I think we would just not be recording right now I think that would be it I would just I wouldn't have the inter- like it would it would take a lot of like 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 old school like you know Christian <laughs> strength and like you know like I'd have to like like dig into my my soul and find I something. love his old school Christian strength yeah That's like a, like a yeah like a pilgrim or something that that like, would be a really dope FPL team name I think. Old school Christian strength. <laughs> yeah, I think I think both of us exist in that overall rank where it's a little squishy and it's not too difficult for us to move up. But yeah, if if you're way up at the top and the points about to be as volatile as they are with all these chips and all these double game weeks, if I were like in the top ten overall, I would I would just be freaking out. Yeah, you'd have to like take a sabbatical from work or something. <laughs> like, there's there's no working during. Uh, not if you've got all of your chips. Oh my god, I can't imagine. I've got to be honest with you. I don't even. I don't even know how much money. There's money at stake, right? If you win the 
FPL I game? No, I don't think so. I think no? it's like they fly you to like a game of your choice and you get like you get to have tea with Sir Alex Ferguson or something like that. <laughs> Not even it's like Gary Lineker or something. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I have with, a list of questions already for Gary. So tea with Lineker. Uh, I mean, I think we'll put you up in a hotel or whatever. Uh, and it's that's, just like that's, never that's on the table. It's never yeah. on the table that you're going to win. So why I don't even investigate what the stakes are. <laughs> My stakes are the fifty bucks that we put up for grabs every season, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's and that's pretty much all I'm focused on. Well, and the additional fifty bucks that we put up this year for our our fifty buck cup. Yeah, exactly. Well, the. That that is the that's the source of 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 much sort of um, how, what would you call it? I don't know. We generally don't have very happy conversations about our personal rivalry. We don't. We're not. We don't. We're not. We don't have that kind of friendship. I think <laughs> is is what it boils down to. We're just we we were we known each other for a long time. We were never competitive friends until this. Yeah, you know, and, like it was wasn't part of our life. So I think that yeah, when we start talking about it, it's a, it gets very testy and it feels like. It feels like beating the other person like implies that you're like better than them or something. You know, it's it's, like it's, it's real old school stuff. It's old it school. Is, <laughs> it's really old school stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, but you know, all that said, I had a pretty good game week thirty one. Uh, you know, worked worked out pretty well. Yeah, uh, tell us all about how Klopp and a half did. Well, okay, so not to get into any kind of detail here, uh, but I, I had a pretty bad stomach flu last week, uh, really out of commission. Uh, watched, you know, stayed home, watched a lot of basketball, um, and uh, my, my beloved pour, Palm pour Mich- out. Yeah. yeah, Michigan State, uh, terrible loss on uh, Friday in the NCAA basketball tournament. And so it was just, I, I was sick and... Uh, you know, and, and 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 just kind of you know distracted by the Michigan State loss, and I was you know I didn't even watch basketball in the evening. Actually, uh, Kate was out with friends and my wife, and uh, I rented Master and Commander. The oh, uh, Not, that's a sure sign that you're down in the dumps. It's true. I needed like a three-hour movie about the British Royal Navy and the Napoleonic Wars. A sure. movie that I have seen so and many throw, times. Throw in really, a little Darwin, and uh, you're throwing a little Darwin. Exactly. Uh, I've seen it so many times. I really should own it. Like I've rented it like five times uh, on the uh, app on the Apple Music iTunes Store. I'm sure uh, Russell Russell Crowe's thank you note is in the mail. So I had actually made a move uh, the day before because uh, I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Uh, and I, I cannot remember doing this in five years of, 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 of having, a fa- having a league in the Fantasy Premier League. I did not set my team. I, this, this never happens. Yeah, uh, you're, I, I couldn't believe it when you told me the next day that you forgot to set your team. That, that the only reason Russell Martin persisted, well, fortunate <laughs> for you, was that you forgot to set your team. So it was it was a horrible feeling, uh, and you know actually it, it worked out doubly uh, because if I had set my team, I think I I was leaning towards Sigurdsson as captain, and uh, I was I would have moved Martin out for Ivanovic, uh, so I would have I mean I would have been to like twenty five points lower because <laughs> uh, Russell Martin picks up the clean sheet, uh, Ivanovic picked up a zero. Yeah. And uh, I would have had five points doubled from Sigurdsson instead of uh, sixteen doubled from Kane, so uh, pretty massive turnaround. All, so I finished with eighty nine points, uh, which is a very very solid score. That would is have great. Been, if I had just swapped out Be- uh, Van Dyke for Bellerin, yeah. uh, which we actually talked about on the pod and decided that there was that that 
Bellerin was by far the better the better bench choice this game week, and I yeah. I, I stand by that despite what happened. That's, I mean, that's I, I two, stand two by weeks in a row that, where we made ter- terrible calls on on our good friend Hector Bellerin. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't stand by it in the sense that I don't like regret it and <laughs> like very badly wish that I had those extra eleven points. Uh, but you know what are you going to do? I mean, uh, Van Dyke was at home. It was certainly possible that they keep a clean sheet against Liverpool. Um, I mean, Bellerin until like two weeks ago was was not an assist machine at all this year. Very uh, quiet. Very yeah, quiet. Yeah. So um, yeah. So a pretty happy week overall. Yeah. I I somehow feel um, disappointed. I finished with seventy five. It always feels good, particularly this season, to pick the captain correctly. Mm-hmm. Went with Kane. Uh, as did most folks. Um, but my defense really, I mean, Martin D. Michaelis, and we'll talk, to, we'll talk more about uh, Mr. D. Michaelis when we get to the Manchester Derby discussion. But he, he totally ruined my team in like the span of 10 minutes. <laughs> he, he ruined the clean sheet against United, and then he left a back pass short that has now totally disrupted my goalkeeper situation. <laughs> Joe Hart looks like he's out for what, like four weeks or so. Uh-huh. So as usual, my, my clean sheets let me down. Like, like you were racking up the clean sheets. I think a lot of other people were too. And, uh, Chelsea continue, the Chelsea defense continues to let me down. Yeah. But 75, you, you can't, you can't feel too bad about that. I, I still managed to get a green arrow. Yeah. 19 points above average. Uh, I think it was 75 was, was kind of around average for the, um, for the hail shooter super league. It was, uh, Maybe that maybe that puts you a little lower in the Hail Cheater Super League. Did I, you did, have, did, did, I got a red arrow in Hail Cheater. Got Cheaters. a red in that. Yeah, yeah, I'm down to 191. Okay, uh, with, all well, the, with all the good people, you're st- you're still above me. I did I did pick up a green sheet. A, a green. <laughs> I picked up a green sheet. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you're like, cleared for immigration. Like clean sheet. It's like a clean sheet is when you look at all of your leagues on the right hand side of the page and they all yeah. have greens. I think uh, that's yeah. picking up a that, that that's a that's a green sheet. <laughs> And then if it's if it's red all the way down, that's just a, that's just red card. There's no. Uh, you, right, you know, I, I know terminology there. I know everyone wants an update on my rank in the uh, United States. Uh, oh I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So get this, I'm up to seven thousand three hundred and twenty-three. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> now tell now, me what what is the I, prize I for finishing think- first in the United States? Do I still I, get to meet Gary Lineker? I don't even think you get a handshake. I, I think the, no, I mean, like, I, there's a certain pride. Like, you you could have one of those Twitter feeds. Like, we've all seen those Twitter feeds where the person like takes a. For some reason, it's always an out of focus screenshot of their <laughs> of their rank. You know, like someone will have uh-huh. like had an amazing week, and they'll have like they'll be like in the top ten point scorers, and so they'll take this like blown up photo of their like of their rank for that game week, and that's their Twitter profile avatar. No knowledge of DPI, these these idiots. <laughs> you know, it's like, do you know the trick for if you want to take a photo of a bird in nature, Brandon? Is uh, <laughs> I don't surprisingly. <laughs> if you want to take it with your iPhone, you you just you just take the photo. You don't try to zoom in at all. All right. Um, and all the zooming in you do after the fact, okay. um, because you can control how much you want to zoom afterwards, and you're you're still getting everything in the aperture. So. This is uh, a great tip that we can translate to uh, say you're say you're watching a football match at your your local uh, football ground, and you want to take a picture of your favorite player in in full flight. 
That's right. You really do. I'll never use the Zoom. Like pretend that this is true. Yeah, it's true of anything on your phone. Just present, pretend the Zoom does not exist, and you will take much better photos. <laughs> That's awesome. Don't say you never. I mean, you you probably haven't learned anything about the Premier League listening to this podcast, but no, using no. your using your mobile episodes. phone. Yeah, we got yeah, we got that trick down. <laughs> So, okay, let's move on to the Hail Cheater Super League. And let, let, do you have anything else you want to say, Brennan? Any more updates on, on where you stand in, uh, I don't know, in the, the NBC Sports Announcers League? Well, or? yeah, uh, strangely, in NBC Sports, I, I'm actually ranked, uh, let's see, 22 places lower than I am in the United States. So apparently the NBC League is much more competitive. I'm 7,345 there. Okay. I, I'm probably competing against Arlo White and Rebecca Lowe there. Yeah, maybe, maybe if there's some Canadians in there or something. It, it could, it could be. <laughs> No, por, the Puerto Rican contingent, which is strong. Ah, that must be what it is. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, well, before we get to the uh, Hail Cheaters Super League, we had a good night out that was very uh, American soccer related last night. Um Print is not dead, Josh. <laughs> no, it's 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 thriving when you have amazing design and you can kind of turn it into an art book. Yeah, we went to uh, a celebration of Howler Magazine, which is stateside. It's this big quarterly glossy magazine, like like Josh is saying, it's beautifully illustrated, and they have lots of great um, articles therein. So they had their tenth issue that came out, and <clears throat> we got to meet the. Uh, who he's like the creator, the editor in chief, the founder of Howler magazine. Yeah, just the the guy who kind of runs the show, George George Koreshi. Yeah, and he has a great podcast network called the Howler Podcast Network, which um, they uh, often have David Goldblatt on as a guest there, who's one of my favorite uh, soccer journalists. He wrote the amazing book, The Ball Is Around. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, sure. yeah, and you gave him a pin, and he wore the pin. George Koreshi is walking around wearing an, an, a Hail Cheaters uh, podcasting pin. So uh, uh, wear it loud and proud, George. That is cool. It. And it reminds me that I have like a, a good 10 people that I've told them I've mailed the pins to. And uh, <laughs> I've still not done this. I, I feel like it's been so long that like even thinking about it makes me feel guilty. So I just avoid thinking about it entirely. Right. But I, I should really make a goal like by the end of the season. I should have those out in the mail. You so, should make. You should make a goal. Yeah, make goals. It's good to set goals for yourself. Yeah, yeah. so random people like, like Colin Bothwell in Ireland, like the season's going to be over. Uh, and then like one random day in July when, when fantasy football is the farthest thing from his mind, he's going to get his little pin in the mail. And it's going to be the greatest day of his summer. And he's going to be reminded, <laughs> oh, right, season 2016, 2017, right around the corner. That's true. That's true. Uh, I know it's it, it, like the season starts like four weeks after this one ends, right? So <laughs> just as soon as ever all the teams get back from China uh, or playing the International Club Cup here in the United States. Yeah, we were a little snarky about that on Twitter yesterday, but it's just uh, I mean, they, they like I don't know if anyone's ever tried to buy tickets for this. First of all, they sell out right away. It's crazy. And uh, like the amount of money you're paying, which is usually in the hundreds uh, for games that have like somewhere between one and Somewhere between five and zero star players from that team. And, yeah, Joe, uh, Joe Allen will probably be captaining the Liverpool squad that tours the the globe. Exactly, and uh, those, so those five, and then like eighteen youth players. So it's uh, you know, so you're, you're paying a lot of money for a match that they clearly don't care about. And honestly, if, if you're a fan of these clubs, you don't even want them playing in them, right? 
because you've just finished a 38-week season. Well, uh, and, oh, and, oh, and uh, the, the Euros are this summer. The Euros summer, are so this summer. And Joe Allen's probably going to be captaining the Welsh side. And the Copa America's this summer. So I really don't know who's going to be playing in these matches because <laughs> there are, like, two massive international cups. And Copa America is taking place on U.S. soil at, like, the same time. So it's a very – it's going to be a strange summer. It's going to be, like, way too much football. Like, my wife is going to kill me if I try to go to any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we need to put a little distance uh, for once between ourselves and, and all the sports get ball. So uh, one last thing, Brandon. Uh, wanted to give a shout-out to uh, FPL Transfer Hub. Uh, it's run by our friend Nick Cummings. Um, it's uh, triggerlips.com. Um, it's a great, it's, it's great website. It's also a great community that, that's sort of a, the part of that. And, uh, he had an article that I thought was really fascinating. It was, uh, double game weeks, what you need to know. And, uh, one thing I think is so great about his site is that he really, uh, he just breaks things down very cleanly and clearly. And, um, he gives a team by team look at, uh, at fixtures, at, um, their sort of their motivation to keep playing in the league, their rotation threat, the injury risk. Uh, whether they play in game week thirty five, whether they play in game week thirty seven, uh, very clean and clear. And um, he didn't, he didn't, you know, this is not like a, a paid endorsement, but um, we're we're definitely a fan of his, and we wanted to uh, shout that out because we found it very useful as we were prepping for this episode. I totally agree. I love the way Nick writes. He he, reading his articles is like he's thinking out loud, and he sort of sort of reads like a normal a normal human FPL manager who I can understand. Exactly. Totally agreed. So uh, there's a lot, obviously, a lot of good content out there, but I think this is really one of the one of the top FPL sites out there. <clears throat> FPL sites around. Shall we talk about people who don't need our help? People who might be topping one of the most competitive <laughs> fantasy leagues on the planet. I think it is the most competitive, the Hail Cheaters Super League. Now, do you think that we should be changing this to Super League Lig? Because th- that's Super League is how they do it in uh, in Turkey. Well, I, I you're correct about that, but the sensation that is now the Chinese Super League, uh, um, uh. so it's it's kind of depends on which which sort of market we want to corner. Uh, right? Do you want to go cheating. Shanghai? Do you want to go Istanbul? It's it's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah, I mean we can we can we can start super leagues all across the world and <laughs> and our brand will will grow appropriately, I'm sure. That's true. I'm sure the expression hail cheaters is uh, is universal. How about how about we set up a vote on our Twitter feed at hail cheaters and people can vote as to how they want the super league to be spelled next season? That's a good idea. Okay, let's do that. So anyway, to the league itself. Uh meta 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 discussion. To the league. Uh all right. Shout out to Guillermeld, Isle of Nabumbu, in first place uh, two weeks in a row. I think two weeks in a row. I, I think it, I think yeah, he, he is in, two over. weeks in a row. He's got a gray arrow here, which means yeah. he's, he's held fast. No, but, but just I, I by was one it was point. two or two or longer. I think it's just two. Oh, it okay. doesn't matter. It's, it's longer. He's he's held it longer than you and I have. Actually, no. I think we might have both held first place back when you were you and I were the only two people in the league. Uh, <laughs> low those thirty one weeks ago. Many <laughs> <Penny> times. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, okay, moving on, we have uh, Muhammad Al-Kiasi's Keep Calm and Climb Up. Uh, he is in second, uh, picked up 83 points. He's just uh, one point be- behind Garameld. Uh Yeah, very tight at the top. And even uh, underdogs, Owen O'Keefe, uh, who had held the top spot for a very long time, is uh, only nine points, or ten points back, uh, nine points back of second. Uh, tough week for him, uh, only picked up 65 points. 
Um, and uh, Melvin United, uh, Melvin Mabazi, uh, had 88 points this week. Uh, Sean Kamiski's take a load off Mane is in fifth. Dare to Zlatan, Chris Morin, is in uh, sixth. Uh, he moved up to sixth, actually. Um, well done, and, Chris. Yep, and is only uh, two points back of fifth now. And uh, Stone Cold Stunners, Mark Johnson, is in seventh. Uh, Gamchester United, Graham McDonald, is in eighth. Uh, he has a question for us this week, too, which we'll get to later. Uh, Colin Bothwell's IH down. Uh, tough week for Colin, 56 points. And uh, Leith Kassab is in 10th uh, with a team name that I never try to pronounce because it's just... Kazerber uh, Slotten FC. Kosser, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> uh, 82 points and in 10th place. So, Man, I wonder, well, if well Col- I, wonder, I wonder if Colin Bothwell pulled a Josh this week and forgot to set his team. It, maybe his 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 bench, his bench wankerism finally caught up with him. Well, I think this was a week. I mean, I'm, I'm sure what happened was he didn't captain Harry Kane, and yeah. I think that was the big that was the big decision this week. You know, is do you do you stick with Kane or do you do you try Sigurdsson? Um, even even Aguero at home to Man United was not a uh, was not outside their own possibility as a captaincy option. Yeah, I was. I I guess. Uh there's nothing like picking a captain correctly, correctly to make you feel sort of holier than thou. Yeah. Uh, I had yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, I know that Harry Kane is, you know, his ownership is only at 40%, and I know it's higher among the the non-dead teams, you know, yeah. the, like the teams that are still trying. At this point, there's about, there's about 100 of us. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're we're a tight, we're a small, tight knit community. All fifty of us around the world who are still paying attention to the On fantasy game. Um, and uh, I think that even even among those group, his his ownership is not is not outrageous. So I mean, even if his ownership is at sixty percent, which is quite high, you know, if he has a big game week, you're still doing better than forty percent of the other managers. So it's not. You know, there. I, I think there's this feeling sometimes, and I I know that I feel this way because it's hard for me to ever really feel like I had a good game week. I, even you know, even in a week where I score 89, I'm like, well, you know, if I if I played Bellerin instead of Vanda, you know, I always find some some reason to um to 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 you know feel like I could have done a little better. Yeah. Um, right. But you know, you have to you have to appreciate when when you get 16 points doubled from from Harry Kane and and you know I had picked up. Uh, um, Erickson uh, the week before too, who had blanked, uh, but then he picked up nine points this week. He uh, blanked, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, and mm-hmm. I did not laugh this past week. You were not. You were the one who. And, and in fact, I would have brought in company, uh, who I would have had to, I guess, transfer out. Like it would have been a mess. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so it worked out well. Another reason, you know, a reminder once again not to, uh, you know, not to look at transfers in a vacuum. Although that said, I actually think that. Erickson was a, a straight-up two-week punt, and I'm um, planning to uh, drop him this week. Yeah, uh, t- Tottenham is going to be a tough call, as we'll get to when we talk about a lot of your questions, obviously pertaining to double game weeks. Tottenham not having a double game week in either week 34 or 37, it's going to be tough to decide who stays and who goes from the Spurs. Yeah, so we're going to do a big double, like sort of a, the, we're going to answer questions and talk about double game weeks because most of the questions are about double game weeks uh, in just a moment. Uh, but first, let's do our, um, let's do a quick game week recap. I thought for a second you were going to throw it to commercial there, which, yeah. which I would have been really impressed. I think I'm just getting myself ready for that first uh, that first Squarespace, the first uh, yeah, absolutely, first, it's going to happen. Yeah, the first MeUndies, whatever it is, I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get those razor blades, those razor, oh, yeah. Harry, Harry's Harry's razor blades. How about yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, yeah, those guys, they don't like to discount because their prices are so low already. <laughs> <That's what laughs> yeah, they, see? There you go. You already tossed it to commercial. Yep. Well done, sir. All right, so uh, Game Week 31. Let's, all let's, right. this, let's this do is, this. It's a quick, quick hitting, Brandon. This is less less narrative, you know, even though we love the narrative, and more and more content. Right? Okay, we're we're going to try I'm, to focus. We're, every 10 episodes, I think we should focus on content. You know, it's not... It's not what I want to do every week, you know. Okay. I, I I prefer nonsense, but I think a little content thrown in can be can be healthy. Okay, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm I've got my content cap on, my nonsense cap across the room. All right. So Arsenal Everton. Uh, I think a lot, you know a lot of people had transferred in uh, uh, Lukaku for this game week, and uh, it just another reminder of how unreliable Everton is. Uh, you just never know what you're getting with that and, club. Yeah, and watching this game, I felt like Lukaku. Lukaku was just cut off from the rest of the Everton squad and they couldn't get anything going. I feel like it, it was tough to judge Lukaku's form based on this match because the team in general just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, I am. Uh, it, it, it definitely casts a little, uh, it's a little bit of concern I'm feeling about what to do with, with Everton moving forward. I mean, they have, you know, they have two double game weeks as we talked a little, about a little bit last game week. Um, you know, they have a game week in uh, 34 where they play Southampton and Liverpool, and then a double game week in 37 where they play uh, Leicester and Sunderland. Uh, and then they, you know, this, there's a Bournemouth fixer sandwich in, but they also do have the game week 35 off. So it's looking like right now I'm probably just going to bring in uh, Lukaku. I think that's, I think that's it, the one player I'd bring in. I would agree with you. I mean, steer, steering clear of the Everton defense for obvious reasons. Yeah, but I think I think Vardy to Lukaku is the one move that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But Arsenal, a lot of Arsenal questions, I think, were answered in this game. They don't have any bearing on fantasy, but guys like like Elneny, who look like they're shoring up the midfield for Arsenal, the fact that they were able to keep a clean sheet away from home against Everton, who can be high-flying, it, it, it should yeah. make everyone feel pretty safe about investing in guys like Bellerin or Koscielny going into these double game weeks that there, there are going to be clean sheets there for Arsenal. Yeah, there is not a lot to like about this season for Arsenal, um, as, as everyone who's followed the Premier League or listens, has listened to any podcast. Because it's, it's, like it's like an unwritten rule that if you have a soccer podcast, you must spend a third of every podcast talking about Arsenal. Yeah, you know, there's just like it, there's it, it's irresistible. Like because the, yeah, the way out, Wenger in, Wenger out. <laughs> just the way they lose is so, uh, you know, it's Tragic. so it's so disheartening. Yeah, uh, but the one I think the one thing you can be excited about if you're an Arsenal fan is you know it's it's El Nenny and it's you know it's Coquelin and um, and, and, and and in Bellerin and Awobi. I mean, there's just all of these all of these young players. I mean, the, their youth movement really is working. You know, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's I mean, you almost take it for granted because uh, you know Cochrane and Bellerin have been so seamlessly integrated in that team over the last year or so. But that is a successful. I mean, to, to add two elevenths to your team, you know, through through your farm system is something that doesn't happen very often in the top clubs. I mean, you look at how hard it is for Man City to even bring in Iniacho. You know, I mean, and they're they're desperate for a striker. Ineacho, who will be on tour this summer for your Manchester City. He is exactly the kind of player you're going to see for $500 in the International Champions Cup. <laughs> Wilford Boney will be playing in goal. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Bill Boney could play goal, I think. Dude, I that, think guy, uh, that guy can play any position, but the position 
he, he gets put <laughs> in whenever. He, <laughs> that's yeah. That's like um, what's his name? Uh, the uh, oh, who is who is the, who is the current striker for uh, Swansea? Um, Gomez. Oh yeah, like Tim wouldn't Gomez go wouldn't Gomez make a great goalkeeper? You know, he's 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 kind of he's got the long arms. You know, he's sure, sort of yeah, he's, yeah, he's live. He's kind of he's kind of crazy. <laughs> he's a little crazy. Yeah, I want to see. I, I would love to see a soccer match where you just took okay. Let, let's say you just like yeah, you, you just swapped the two players. So he's okay. a Fab, Fabianski striker and Gomez the goalkeeper and. uh Boney is the striker. Boney is the goalkeeper, and I guess Joe Hart is the uh, second striker. Who wins? Uh, yeah, who's like who does worse? Like who's? You know? <laughs> oh, uh, I think I think Joe Hart just absolutely cleans up. I I think you're, I think you're right, but I think that Gomez is the better goalkeeper. Because Gomez is <laughs> like actually moves with some speed, yeah. and Bill Boney. Uh, he like he at, at best he canters. He mostly he mostly trots around the field. And he, will he walks, he walks around like he's a cowboy from a from a Clint Eastwood movie. Um, but I guess that we can't we can't sell Lucas Fabianski short. I I can't even imagine what that man would look like playing up front. I mean I maybe he'd look, maybe he'd, he'd be look awesome. like he'd look a little bit like um, uh, one of who's the who's the striker on uh, Southampton? Um, Graziano Pele. No, no, no. The the other Shane uh, Long. Sh- yeah, he, I think he'd be like a Shane Long type. Okay, he's all pace. He's all he's and, all pace. Gap toothedness. Yeah, I, th- I think I mean Fabianski might have a little speed. Okay, this one's too close to call. This is another one where we're going to have to go to the polls. Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot of poll <laughs> questions now for this week. We do. Uh, so Danny Welbeck is the other player I wanted to quickly highlight here. Uh, Arsenal have, uh, have have only one double game week, but it's a very good one. Uh, they're home to Crystal Palace and West Brom in game week 34. I'm planning to triple up on Arsenal when I play my wild card in 33. Yeah, uh, that's a triple which, captain possibility because those really, are two yeah. two matches at home that they could <clears throat> definitely rack up the goals. Absolutely, and uh, although the bench boost is tempting too, because you know you have Manu at home with uh, with Aston Villa and Crystal Palace as well, so mm-hmm. it's it's a tricky one. Um, but so and then they but they have the they have a double game week and then they have uh, Sunderland away in game week thirty five and Norwich at home in game week thirty six. So uh, you know not to get too into the double game week discussion yet, but um, I think that Danny Welbeck is a very interesting striking option. That you know it's just whether you whether you For, trust him to keep it going and whether you think that he's better than the player you'd have to drop to bring him in. Yeah, uh, I, I I feel like he's a slam dunk uh, apart from the rotation concern. I think right. uh, Wenger was quoted today online. As he was talking about Welbeck and saying, yes, he was in great form, but they still have some nagging concerns about his knee injury. Yeah. Now, I mean, Wenger has a reputation, I think, for speaking in riddles when it comes to his players' injuries. So maybe we take that with a grain of salt. But if someone could guarantee me that Welbeck doesn't get rotated during these double game weeks, then I, I'm pretty sure I would want to bring him in. I think so. What I'm leaning more towards uh, a double Arsenal defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going with well, see, it's tricky though because you have to go with two defenders probably instead of instead of Peter Check because we're not sure if, when Peter Check is going to be back. I mean, is that? I don't think that's been settled yet, has it? It has not been settled. 
Yeah, so it's a that could be tricky. If Peter Check is because I don't think he's only supposed to be out like a month, but you know, a month for Arsenal is usually like three. So yeah, right. So the the FPL site would have you believe that he's expected back during the break. He's going to be back for game week thirty two. So mm-hmm. that's that's what possible. See. And so maybe he yeah. maybe he is all settled and good to go for the double game week. So we're not going to be playing our wild card if we do play our wild card until game week 33. I think the check question could be answered by them. Right. And and you could play your wild card in game week 32. I'm surprised that no one's talking about this. I mean, that, you know, well, okay, let's let's save that for let's save that for a few minutes, okay? So put, just, a, we'll put a pin in that them. one, Josh. Put a pin in that one. All right, let's move on. Uh, there's really nothing else to say about Everton, right? I mean, that's let's just move on. No. Sorry, Everton. Uh, Newcastle Sunderland one uh, one draw on Sunday. Uh, just briefly highlighting these players because they they could be valuable down the line. Wijnaldum, um, you know, hit or miss, but he's he's not very expensive. He uh, if if it's like whenever Newcastle sto- scores, he's the one that's popping up with the assist or the goal. Um, did did pick up three bonus points. Yeah, it's like Ozil-esque. He's he's so involved in that midfield that when points get produced, he's he's going to collect on those bets. And you know his price is reasonable. I mean he's you know, he's at six point eight, so uh, that's a great fourth striker price. Um, yeah, ten point two percent ownership as well, which is not massive. I mean, given given his major point hauls earlier in the season, I thought maybe he'd be higher. But just, I mean, he's a player I, I actually might look at bringing in for game week 32, to be honest. Uh, you know, because I, yeah, I I don't really want three three uh, Spurs players for the next fixture. And uh, he's a way to Norwich. And, yeah, um, right. you know, it's, so it's it's possible. I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of, although Norwich have kept two clean sheets that in a row. So Norwich defense is watertight, my friend. I know. I, you know, it's all about closer. <laughs> I don't know if you I've been following the saga of um of I know Klosa. I know he's a player that they brought in and he plays in their defense. I I don't know anything about this close so- yeah. Di- saga. Didn't play until uh until game week uh 24. This is right after the uh the the insane 5-4 Liverpool game. Wait, like um, so game week 24 was the first time he's ever played football in his life? Uh yeah, yeah, that's actually that's true. A, he's 15 years a, old. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't doesn't play for them until uh, game week twenty four. Uh, has played now the last uh, you know was eight fixtures. Am I doing my math right? Eight fixtures, and uh, so two clean sheets in the last two matches. Uh, two bonus points in game week thirty in the Man City match, and then three bonus points uh, in the West Brom match. Uh, so five bonus points, and uh, he's available at four point two million. So well, for whatever reason, it's just starting to click back there. I mean, this team couldn't keep a clean sheet to save their life for a majority of the season. I know it's so it's so it's very strange, and I'm not necessarily saying you know I'm not necessarily advocating that strongly for you know for bringing in a uh, a Norwich defender. Uh, but if you need if you need a defender who's super cheap, I mean they're home to Newcastle, they're home to Sunderland. Uh, they have they have two home fixtures in a double game week. I mean it could be worse. Did you mention that Tim Close is owned by 0% of managers in the game? Yeah, so a, a bit of a differential there, too. Although, you know, how long is this Norwich thing going to last? Like, they're just as likely to give up, like, <laughs> five goals. It's true. Yeah. It's the old bait and switch. Uh, anything you want to say about Sunderland? you have any, any interest well, in that team? I mean, it's it, just to state the obvious that Jermaine Defoe just delivers on his reputation. And um, it's interesting— 
if you're if you're charting out the double game weeks, Newcastle comes out ahead in terms of the the good fixtures, and I feel like people would want to invest in Mitrovic over Defoe at this point. So okay. it's interest it's interesting just from from the eye test to compare these two styles. Like Defoe is just cold and clinical, and Mitrovic basically it was storming the beaches of Normandy at the end of that game, like brutally knocked unconscious, um, almost leveled by his own fan, try, trying to whip the, the stadium up into a frenzy after you scored the goal. He's, he's clearly angling to be the escape, great yeah. escape hero of the season. Be, and, if, you, if you were classified as a midfielder, he'd be a great option, but just... There, there, there's too many other striker options. I mean, I'd rather have Harry Kane with no double game weeks than uh, than Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, I mean, I, I might, I might rather have Troy Deeney than either of these guys, Mitchell right, or Defoe. Right. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, there's really no defenders on either team that I that I'm particularly excited about. I mean, you know, there's there's Yanmad is always kind of an interesting option because you know he gets so far forward. Um, but I mean, they're just they're, even even Yanmad, you're not getting anything from. I mean, he has. You know, one one goal and three assists on the season. His last assist was in game week twenty two. So, I mean, the idea of Yanmad as a as an underrated, uh, you know, attacking defender. I mean, I mean, he does get forward certainly, um, but it's it just hasn't really happened. He does, yeah. I think I think we need to give it a, a, another week with Newcastle because the Benitez effect isn't quite apparent just yet. Yeah, yeah. I know John Joe Shelby. I, I'm still predicting him to score more points than Andre Ayew this season. Uh, that's not going to happen. There's, there's <laughs> like, although, I mean, I, you like, isn't playing anymore. So maybe there's a possibility. The window is open. It's, it's just, <laughs> just to make things a little, a little exciting in BK broiler land. So he's on 70 points and, uh, let's see. I, is on, it's gotta be on over a hundred. Uh, this is good. This is good. Dead air. Uh, I, is on 126. So yeah, he just has to make up 66 <laughs> points in the next, uh, seven game weeks. All right, Taco Tuesday for you. John Joe Shelby will score one goal from outside the 18-yard box. I think you've got to like find some taco coupons or something before you stay. You can't keep <laughs> offering these tacos and then not coming through. <laughs> As, are, are the lawyers going to start coming after me at some point? I think so. I think you at it's least some... have to like – you've got to go find like one of those coupons. Like you got to do a Groupon or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Chipotle was actually offering free guacamole today of some online game you had to play. So go check that out. All right, Southampton. Courtesy Liverpool. of always cheating. Southampton three, Liverpool two. Uh, I like my show note here, which is just Liverpool's unbelievably awful defense. They truly are awful, so awful. I mean, for, they've been awful all year. I mean, they, you know, they were awful before Klopp got there, and they've been probably worse since he got there. This is a really maddening game, uh, fantasy wise, if you're looking at Southampton because it sort of destroys. You're thinking on both ends. You're thinking Southampton has a great defense. Invest in their de- defense. Get F- Fraser Forrester. Get Virgil Van Dyke in. Then they let two goals in on the first half against Liverpool. Now, who's doing the scoring for Southampton? Wildly, uh, wildly overrated this season. Pele and Sadio Mane. So, like the, in, I have no idea what to do with this result. I I don't know either, and I mean the the thing that that I'm that I'm you know paying more attention to is what's going on with Roberto Firmino. Um, I mean you know I, I, we're talking about 
the, you know, it's really starting in game week 33 that I really want a healthy Roberto Firmino. Yeah. Um, and he's certainly someone that I would look at as a differential, even like triple captain option in game week 34. I mean, they're, you know, uh, away to Bournemouth and home to Everton. And, uh, I mean, you could see him rack up like three goals, you know, three assists in those two matches. <clears throat> Excuse no me, those two matches. Um, but, you know, I mean, hamstrings are like weird, tricky. You know, we've, we've seen it with Diego Costa. Like, if you've got like a hamstring issue, it can it could linger for weeks and weeks. Absolutely. Well, what about Coutinho as the as the other option? I mean, it, it's really optimal if both Coutinho and Firmino are playing because I think that benefits both of them. Yeah. But Coutinho and- on his own. Yeah, and and, and the, you know Daniel Sturridge is the one who really seems to benefit when when Firmino doesn't play, and so it's like they haven't totally clicked as a trio yet. Right. And you know, I, I tweeted out about this on on Saturday, on Sunday, I guess. Uh, it's like it's so hard to pick the three week stretch where Coutinho is going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> it's like he'll be awesome for three weeks, and then it's like ten straight, you know, two pointers. Right. Yeah, Daniel Sturridge is another. He's he's sort of in the Welbeck camp of possible pickups. Like he could be great. I mean, Sturridge would uh, on his day be a much better option than Danny Welbeck, just because um, his goal scoring ability. Daniel Sturridge's is just is uniquely sublime. It's true. Yeah, I mean, we, we you saw it in the Southampton game. Yeah, but I mean, he could he could just like accidentally fall out of a hot air balloon or something like that in, in the next week. And I, I mean, he would be the single most stressful double game week player. Like, yeah. can you imagine burning a chip on that guy? Like, it would be so like uh, you'd be so nervous the whole. Time. I mean, honestly, burning burning a triple captain chip on Sergio Aguero would be the only thing that's more stressful. Uh, I mean, because he, he oh, can you imagine? Uh, I, I would. I wouldn't do it now. I, I wouldn't do it now for sure. I mean, you know, game week thirty-seven would be. Oh no, actually, that's that's Manu. Excuse me. Um, God, game week thirty-seven, Manu. Way to Norwich and West Ham. That, that's a, that's a crazy double game week. But Wait, that's for, neither for, here nor there. For Manchester Manu. United. For Manu, yeah. I mean, I if, they any, if they had anybody worth, uh, you know. Maybe we Rune, like maybe Runepig will be back for for that last game week. You don't think West Ham will just hand United's ass to them? Well, West Ham like they can't take clean sheets though. I mean, you know this as a as a Crestful owner. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I mean they they can still win, but they don't keep clean sheets. <laughs> Cresswell is just like deep on my bench these days. Poor guy. Yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to roll him out this uh, next game week. Uh, Pele is another interesting player, just as. I would say less interesting because they don't have any double game weeks. Uh, more of like a one week punt, or maybe you know, maybe to even bring it for a couple weeks if you're not planning to game week until um, until game week thirty six. Yeah, uh, I, I certainly profited from Pele's form earlier in the season, and he was great, and then he just totally dropped off. So he's yeah. definitely a, 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 a streaky form player. But the problem is like. We've said and we'll keep saying. I think it's that the the list of strikers to bring in is is just so competitive right now that it's hard to consider Pele at the top. Yeah. Uh, just one last note on this uh, Southampton Liverpool match. Uh, the weirdest fantasy day ever for Sadio Mane. Uh, Forty five minutes, penalty missed, uh, yellow card, two goals, two bonus points, ten points. That's really that is really ten <laughs> points the hard way, Brandon. It certainly is. I mean, God, I, I mean, mark our words. Maybe Pele and Mane are going to be the guy, like top point scorers, but uh, over the next 
six or seven weeks. I don't know. I mean, Mane disappeared for like five months. Like, Mane might just hate cold weather. Like, <laughs> maybe he just hated winter and he just he just could not play. It was just he did not like how cold it was. <laughs> he very, that, that, that is plausible. That is plausible. All right, last fixture. Not much to say about this one. Uh, Man U, Man City. You already said you got Joe. You got totally screwed by by Demichelis. Oh my God! Yeah. So Joe Hart is it, it got got sabotaged by that short back pass, and now I I'm saddled with David Silva, who I mean of all the people who ha- hasn't yet fallen out of this squad with injury. Yeah, Raheem Sterling is now out for what, like four weeks with a with a inner thigh or groin strain or something. Uh, KDB is still out, um, but David Silva with his with his his bloody ankles remains. I know it's yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, but um, I mean, they ha- they have some intriguing fixtures upcoming. They have uh, Bournemouth away and then West Brom. So we're I, worst players to be sort of stuck with until I uh, un- unfurl my wild card. Uh, it's it's really it's it's a. Uh uh, honest horribilis is what this season has turned into for Man City. Although that said, they actually have a, a very, I mean, to me, if, if I'm Man City, you, I, I guess you don't want to miss out on a Champions League spot for next year. I mean, that, that is super important, right? Because they are, they are really on the cusp of, of not, of not making it. I mean, they're, they, they're effectively they, the, tied with Man U and, and West Ham. Yeah. The Guardiola team must be like, uh, calling that the front office at City nonstop, Saying what? What? What exactly is going on over there? Well, it's their fault for for pushing this this signing through in, in mid season. I mean, there's yeah. no way this happens if the team isn't basically told that their manager isn't good enough and he's going to be replaced at the end of the season. Yeah. So where do we stand? I, we could talk about this to death, but so where do we stand with Aguero as we move into all these these chops and changes in our squads? It's amazing how different it feels with Aguero right now. I mean, I remember watching this match just being like, I mean, they're at home in this match. And I remember just thinking, well, like, I don't expect anything from Aguero. If he scores, that'd be nice. You know, it's like uh-huh. it was sort of like, well, it'd be cool if he did something good. But I mean, he's not even really in my plans for like triple captain right now. I mean, it's just not. There was this one he's beautiful so pass. Fun. There was this beautiful pass from Silva where he cut across the 18 yard box and Aguero trapped it beautifully and brought it down. He, he trapped it with his chest and brought it down onto his right foot. And he just he cut across the ball. And and didn't even put it on target, but that was that was the Silva assist that I really needed to seal my game week. Uh, what a what a brutal transfer <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll have my Christian Eriksen moment against Bournemouth. Yeah, in game exactly. Can't, I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, he's he's yeah, like I the only only right. attacking player left in that midfield. Are you planning to captain Aguero in game thirty two away to Bournemouth? My initial thought, we could talk about this uh, more at the end of the podcast, but my, my thought is Harry Kane gets to keep the armband. Yeah, I think that's fair. Even away to Liverpool. I mean, I guess with that defense, you're not, you're not scared. Yeah, the, I, I, Liverpool is no joke, that's for sure. But Kane, is, he's just on fire right now. And that Spurs team, uh, I, you have to assume they're going to be ready for this game and they're going to have an attacking state of mind. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's actually a pretty interesting week for for captains. I mean, you could you could argue that Riyad Mahrez is just every week should be your captain. 
Yeah. Spurs I mean, have to they have to win though. They they have I mean I guess they can eke out a few draws and still catch Leicester assuming Leicester trips up at some point. But uh Spurs have to be looking for three points every time out just so they can catch up to Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting week for captains to be sure. I mean, uh, Mesedozel at home to Wofford is a pretty interesting option too. Yeah, oh, if I only still had Mesedozel. Yeah. Why don't you trade him for David Silva? That's that's like for like. Yeah, it is like for like. Um, I was I kidding. Mean, I, I, for like. I, yeah, thanks, thanks for drawing me into that one. <laughs> I mean, it, it couldn't have been more a disaster or the money I lost by getting rid of Ozil just, just for the panic of not fielding a full squad during yeah. that game week. And here I am wanting Ozil back and Silva's a total dud. <laughs> uh, I know it's it's it, and we we both love David Silva, but it's just a it's a rough season for him. All right, David, Brent, we w- we wish you the best of luck. Good luck. We do. And now we move to Twitter slash Facebook questions, and uh, it's also kind of our double game week uh, discussion area. Uh, although we've basically been talking about double game weeks the whole time already. Hey, uh, who, ha- who hasn't been talking about double game weeks? Uh, and this is also normally we try to integrate these questions in. Uh, so now we're now we have the happy like the happy fact of just like having people ask us questions that we've already answered early in the pod. Yeah. Uh, so Scott Gill says, "Is it time to say a goodbye to Aguero and other city assets? It seems like uh, Pellegrini is sabotaging the team. I actually don't think that Pellegrini is sabotaging the team. I think that the team is." It just feels it feels rudderless right now. I mean, it's like you know, I, I don't even ever been at a job, Brandon. We're like uh, you, somebody, you know, you like you the the head of the company was was stepping down in six months. Um, I mean, it's it's like a lame duck face, basically. Yeah. You know, you see with the presidency, it's you know, when when someone's on the way out, it's just hard. To, it's hard for them to get things through. It's hard for people to take the, take them as seriously. Um, you know, it's 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 just human nature, and I just don't know that. I think the second that happened, they, they were banking on a bunch of millionaire twenty-four-year-olds to be way more mature about this than they actually could be. You know, uh, I, th- I, mean, I, th- I think Scott Scott can answer this question by going to the um, intermittently active Twitter account emo Pellegrini to really get Pellegrini's side uh, of this argument. Yeah, it's the as to his question, it's it's a tricky one. I think I don't know that there's a clear cut answer to this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pretend that there is. Uh, I certainly wouldn't get aware, get rid of them. Uh, honestly, and you. Pro- I mean, I, I don't. The, I, do you need to triple up on those assets? No. Oh uh, no, no, no way. Which is which makes me feel kind of fortunate in that Joe Hart got injured because it was insane. I have been tripled up on Leicester, Spurs, and Man- Manchester City. That's nine spots in my squad taken up by three teams. Um, I mean, to a degree that I, I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat. But sure. why do I have why three Manchester City players in your squad? That's it's too yeah. much right now. I have, uh, I guess, I have seven because I, ha- I have uh, three Leicester, three Spurs, and, and then just just uh, just Sergio Aguero. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, so they're they're away to Bournemouth, uh, they're home to West Brom, and they have a double game week. So I I do think that you could make there's a strong argument made for dropping Sergio Aguero for the double game week, which seems like heresy. But given how much given how much money that would free up and how many more double game week players you could bring in by getting rid of him, I do think that there's an argument made for it. 
Yeah, so it depends on when you're playing your wild card. Are you in the playing your wild card in Game Week 33 camp or playing it in 36? If you play yeah. it in 36, then I think, like you're saying, you make a strong case to keep him through Game Week 33 when they're home to West Brom. Are we and both then, in the 33-week camp, Brennan? I mean, I, I have to play my wild card in Week 33 because I, I, I barely have any double Game Week players right now. Could you just play it in game week 32? Why is everyone waiting until game week 33? Well, I, I mean, I guess it's the safe option. You're concerned about seeing some unfortunate injuries pop up, which I guess you could negotiate with a transfer or two in game week through leading into the double game week. Yeah. But I mean, I, I assume that's why. It's just the fear that you're going to see some players drop out with injuries and you don't want to risk that. Just yeah, playing your wild card all willing, and people are probably just, pretty pretty happy with their teams. I don't going know. I mean, thirty two. I just feel like if I were if I were in a, a tight league, I was like sixty or seventy points behind. I don't know that I. I mean, like you have a chance to wild card. A wild card is a it tends to be a season. You know, like fortunes rise and fall based on the wild card, and a well played wild card can absolutely pull you forward. And playing that a week early is a great way to make up ground on your. Now you know has the has the problem of showing your hand. You know, I, will, I mean, uh, to people speak, can. You know, it's yeah. To to be superstitious about it, I think any time I have ever played a wild card, the week following me playing that wild card is one of my worst weeks. Like, I feel like the wild card never works out immediately, except for mm-hmm. maybe one player. So. If I if I think about this in superstitious ways, maybe I do want to play it in thirty two just to get that bad wild card week out of my system. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm I, I'm not planning to do this because um, I, I I basically like my team for game week thirty two. But if I didn't like my my team for game week thirty two, or if like you know three of my players get inter- injured in the international break, what I if am I not didn't go- like your team. If you didn't like it, I'm not going to field a, a a bad injured team in Game Week 32 if a lot of players go down. I'm just going to play my wild card. Right. Uh, you know, I just don't think – I'm just surprised that I, this hasn't come up more often. And, and, I mean, the second I say this, I'm sure, like, this fantasy football scout has spent, like, 10,000 words on this or something. But uh, I certainly haven't seen anybody uh, make an argument, you know, in favor or against uh, wild card in Game Week 32. And I just think it's, uh, it's, it's something worth considering. I mean – there are a lot of teams that have double game weeks that have really good fixtures in game week 32. I mean, uh, you know, you've got, um, you know, Liverpool. Um, well, okay, Liverpool at home to Tottenham is not a great fixture, but, you know, Man City away to Bournemouth. Um, Arsenal at home to Watford. Uh, you know, Newcastle uh, is away to Norwich. You know, I don't know. So, you know, even West Ham, uh, you know, is home to uh, Crystal Palace and they have a double game week in 34. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just think it's worth worth thinking about. And seeing the prices fluctuate wildly when people start, like when everyone starts bringing Lukaku in, um, yeah, maybe better to get him early if your if your budget's super tight. That is true. If you're going to wildcard in game week 33, you better start wildcarding like on Saturday morning, or <laughs> you're suddenly you're suddenly going to find a lot of players who are. Uh, well, okay. Wait, wait, wait till the like deadline passes and don't ex- you don't accidentally wildcard too early. But yeah, right. Uh, you know, because uh, like once once that game week thirty three starts, I mean, we're going to see some of the craziest fluctuations I can I can remember, because you know, uh, never no, never have we seen this many 
this many people with wild cards in the second half of the season. Most people just played them in January. Or are they? Are, that is to say that you know, it used to be that your second wild card you had to play in January, and most people didn't have the self control to hold on to their first wild card all season right. long. I, I certainly never did. I think like the longest I ever lasted was like game week three. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could make a few uh, lewd jokes here, but I, I will with I will withhold them. So to Scott's question, uh, I do think that uh, that Aguero is worth holding on to, and I think he's probably the only player worth holding on to in Man City at the moment. Uh, it's it's hard to trust Silva. I mean, I know you have Silva, but I, I don't think it's I don't think I'd be bringing in Silva right now. No, no, not at all. Uh, uh, I totally agree. Yeah, you can't trust the defense, especially without company, uh, and just the way that he's rotating those fullbacks. Uh, who knows which one to bring in? Why risk it? You know, like yeah. why bring in? Even even Gail Clichy or or you know um, Bakary Sanya who seems to get it seems like like Sanya is becoming a little more reliable again but I don't know I just I, I you know especially with double game week I mean you just don't know you know the week you bring Sanya in is the week that he he gets rested yeah exactly exactly so um, okay so that so, you know, let's say we both we both agree that Guerrero is the is the one to hold on to uh, but also one that you don't absolutely have to hold on to because. If you can take that money and turn it into more double gaming players, that might be worth it. Do you agree with that? I'm thinking about it, Josh. Yeah, it was a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chewing no, it for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we've got a pretty solid response there for Scott. So, Scott, put that in your pipe. All right, uh, Chris Morin says. How many single game week players are worth keeping in the game week thirty three wild card? Let's let's start calling it the game week thirty two slash game week thirty three wild card. We're rebranding it here on Always yeah. Cheating. Slash Game Week 36 wildcard, maybe. Uh, now, when you say slash, are you talking about uh, Sergio Aguero, or are you just <laughs> yes, saying slash? I'm talking about Aguero. Uh, currently thinking Kane, Mares, and a Leicester defender. I uh, also want to add that I would be bench boosting in Game Week 34. Okay, so this this is another really important question. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so I'll just throw my thoughts out on this, uh, which is that I think that there is way too – I think that people are losing their shit a little bit about double game weeks. And I do not see a reason to have 15 double game week players um, when that means getting rid of players like – There's a strong possibility that I'm going to have Kane and Mahrez even after my double – even after I uh, wild card. I think it's insane if you don't, and I I totally agree. If you're going to – you want to field 15 – uh, double game week players, especially in game week 34, your team is going to be a total cluster going into game week 30, game week 35. Especially if you load up on some of the key players. Like, I mean, it's really tempting to load up on menu players because they have two double game weeks, but that game week 35 is going to kill you. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with West Ham and. Yeah, let's um, let's just you know, load up, uh, you know, load up on United players, the same team that's just been uh, woefully underachieving, very unreliable, low scoring as well. That sounds great. That's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just you know, the Leicester has kept three, you know, three straight clean sheets. Uh, you know, they're they're home to Swansea in game week thirty five, but they're a good chance of a clean sheet there. Home to West Ham in game week thirty four, pretty good chance of a clean sheet there. Uh, you know, could keep one away to Sunderland in game week thirty three. You know, this is a great stretch of games for, for Leicester. I mean, if if they, you know, the problem is they end the season with Man U, Everton, and Chelsea. So it's really uh, God. Could you couldn't you just see Everton beating them like three uh, <laughs> nothing on the road in game week thirty seven? Like this Everton team that 
just like logic, like makes no difference to them. Like they lose every game they shouldn't and win every game they should. Uh, uh, Roberto Martinez, he's unfeeling, uncaring. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that. Okay, so who who are you thinking? Who do you think you hold on to in uh, after the wild card? I mean, frankly, I think Chris is is right on the money for me. I will definitely be keeping Kane and Morris. I suppose I don't know Deli Ali. I had said our our friends across the pond when we were on their podcast, and they asked, who's the one player that everyone should bring into their fantasy team? And I thought, Deli Ali, like pound for pound, the value is uh, his place that he plays on that Spurs team. Why? How could you upgrade on Deli Ali, even getting somebody in for a double game week? He's He's apt to score 10 points any given game week, particularly if they're playing... Oh. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually probably going to get rid of Dead Ali. Um, All right. Well, well, I would. I, I'm making the case that Ali would be one to keep. Okay. I mean, I, I guess, guess to- I guess maybe you're maybe you're advocating for that's the price bracket in which you bring in the um, the, 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 the the differential midfielder that has the double game week. Well, I was thinking Antonio is a great swap for Dead Ali. Um, they have, you know, it's Lester, Lester and Watford in game week 34, and then they have another double game week in 37. So, I mean, you could, you could make Antonio your fifth midfielder, you know, they have the, they're, they're off in game week 35, but, um, you know, you could ride you, you could play him every week, uh, throughout the rest of the season after, after game week 35. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Who else? I mean, because everyone everyone has a double game week. Who doesn't? Who doesn't have a double game week? That uh, who am I going to keep? Uh, Charlie Daniels, maybe. If yeah, I had him on my team. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe win all them. You know, I mean, it's uh, well, it, Newcastle you, you has could, a double game week in thirty four. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could you could take a you could take a look at you could try to take a super punt on an Arsenal midfielder. I mean. I mean, who's gonna, who's starting for Arsenal though? I mean, is it? I mean, do we actually think Awobi will will play more than like? Is he gonna play next week? Yeah. You know, like maybe because he scored, he will, but there's certainly no yeah. chance he's gonna. You know, it's not it's not clear that he's gonna play. You know, um, every game week throughout the rest of the season, and I mean, it's it's really just Mesut Ozil, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's the only midfielder who's starting every game week. I, mean, I guess Alexis Sanchez too, um, although you know he's still just too expensive. Yeah. So apart from Spurs and Leicester, the other two teams that jump out at me that um, don't have a double or a blank are Southampton and Stoke. And they're, if you look at their fixtures, it's it's very uneven. Uh, it's hard to really justify that you would... I mean, Southampton perhaps more than some when they hit uh, Newcastle in game week 33, game week 35, they have Villa. Yeah, but still, it mixed in there. They have Leicester, City, Spurs, and Everton. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, Gabriel is the player that I'd be looking at to. If I double up on Arsenal's uh, defense, I think I'd go with Gabriel because uh, he's he's four point three and he's just he's just so cheap, you know. So I I I pick up one point three million if I dropped uh, Van Dyke for Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think know, that's so. a good good call right there. Yeah, so. And I, I think he's pretty. I, I think he's a pretty. Rel- I mean, as reliable as you're going to get uh, at that price bracket. I mean, I think um, Murtasacker is probably playing backup duty the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might see him in one more match. Like, it's really about like if he like decides to retire, we might see him in one more match. 
Um, you know, but uh, that Arsenal's running defensively. I mean, it's it's looking pretty strong. You know, Watford, uh, Watford at home, Crystal Palace at home, West Brom at home, uh, Norwich at home, Aston Villa at home, Sunderland away. Yeah, it's appealing. It's appealing. Yeah, it is. It is. So, so Chris says that he's going to be bench boosting in game week thirty four. Have you given much thought as to bench boost versus triple captain in either of these double game weeks? I'm still going back and forth on it a little bit. I think it's a. I think it's a hard one to pick. Uh, triple, I see. I, I see yeah, both. The, you know, it's. I see both. I see the advantages of both. I feel like I. I'm going to do bench boost in thirty four as well, just because. A triple captain, you just have to feel that somebody is really in form, and uh, I mean all the all the hot um, in form players are either coming up on bad fixtures or they don't have a double game week. So I feel like yeah. if you give if, yourself a little more time, if Firmino comes back and looks good in game week thirty two and thirty three, I think that he would be a very tempting and slightly differential triple captain option for game week thirty four. You know, way to way to Bournemouth, home to Everton. I just think that would be a. You could really pick up. A, I mean, you could pick up like twenty-five to thirty points. Yeah, I I was looking at uh, West Ham in game week thirty-seven, Swansea and United both at home. Yeah, uh, I mean, just with Payet, it's like you never. I mean, I know he's he's still not like a great. He's not like an Alexis Sanchez level goal scorer. I mean, it's it's all about those free kicks. So if he doesn't get them, it's just. He's a little know. too well balanced, that player. He's a little too well balanced, yeah, exactly. He's doing too many other things. <laughs> um, I mean, it's kind of amazing how many goals he's scored, given that he's not always playing that far forward, and it's you know he's just got a great knack for goal, and you know it seems like he's. I feel like he scored so many goals like in the 90th minute of a match. You know, like it's like Mr. a clutch. Yeah, or no, but I mean, like it'll be like it's a two nothing West Ham win, and then like somehow on the counter he's like wide open and scores. Mister like, Garbage sort of Time. Goal. Mr. Garbage Time. So uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I think uh, you're not thinking of Jermaine Defoe game week 37, home oh, to man. Chelsea, home to Everton. I mean, generally, I'm just mind is is always steering toward Jermaine Defoe. I just <laughs> wonder what he's up to mm-hmm. right now. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I was it's, just it's intriguing. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're just you're just pulling you're just pulling my leg. Just pulling your leg there a little bit, buddy. Uh, all right. Uh, the next question is uh, from Nick. Ed. It's actually basically the same question, so uh, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll say the question because we like having questions. We want to we want we want Nick to get a little shout out here. He says, uh, "Is it worth having fifteen double game weekers? Do you have a wild card or keep single game weekers like uh, Kane, Mares, who may outscore them?" And so I think we're we we do agree that uh, Kane and Mares in particular, and then Allie in your case, are the three that you're planning to keep. So here's another way to look at this too, right? Like. Uh, what's what's your game here, Nick? Are you playing in a head-to-head league? Are you playing in a league that's going for overall points? Because, like Josh, I I only need to clear one more game week against you in our head-to-head, and <laughs> and I, I'll wrap up the season. So maybe I just go hard on game week thirty-four, get fifteen players in, play my bench boost, and uh, that's job done. Yep, that's the yeah. You just go ham. I just go ham. I. Totally go ham. So I mean that that's another sort of wrinkle, I suppose, is is what what sort of league are you playing? What sort of mini league are you playing in? And and what are the stakes in each of these double game weeks for you? Yeah, uh, g- good point. Because uh, like, I think like here's what we were kind of dancing around is you could stand to get major points if you go 
all 15 double game week players. Yeah. But, but, then, is, but then your team is all right. corrupt. And this is, this point. is, it's predicated in this idea that double game weeks are always lucrative. And anyone who's played this game for a long time knows that there are double game weeks that come and go where like fuck all happens. I mean, this happened, this happened last year when Arsenal and Liverpool had double game weeks the same week and no one did anything. I mean, the, like the best return you could get was, I think, I, I think I, I, I captained, um, uh, Coutinho and I got six points doubled. You know, so I got two three pointers from. Uh, most people had captained like Alexis Sanchez and he picked up three points doubled, maybe even five. I can't. It was just like no, no one did anything, and um, and it was you know all this planning, all this like sturm and drang, and 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 nothing. And you would have been better off just captaining Harry Kane. So um, so that actually brings us to Trevor Ingerson's question. Uh, he says, "I may just captain Kane the rest of the season." Not sure what that means, but there you go. I think that means that Trevor is a Spurs fan. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what First it means. I think it but, means he made, he made another double game weeks coming. <laughs> yes, <laughs> knowing Trevor the way the way we may know him, he, he may not know about the double game weeks. But I, I hear what I hear what T Bone is saying in that Harry Kane is he's now the leading scorer in the league. He's He's on fire right now. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe he'll he'll blow his ACL during the international break. But if if anyone stands to score more goals in the next seven weeks, it's it's Harry Kane. It's amazing how little hate he gets. Uh, I mean, I, I know he gets like some people tease him a little bit, and he's got the he's got the the mouth that hangs open all the time. But I think it's like I think the English. I think I, I mean in America, you just he wouldn't really get it as much. But I feel like everyone's a little nervous about Euro 2016. And it's just like, all right, let's like leave Harry alone. Like, let's keep the confidence <laughs> high. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to do anything in Euro 2016, it's going to be Kane who who does it. So, I mean, well, they were saying on the Football Ramble podcast that Daniel Sturridge might still be Roy Hodgins' number one striker, if healthy. So, curious to see how he I don't really understand sort- that. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess, would, would Kane still play and he would play in the wing or something? Or, yeah, or, they, may, they may play two up front. Like I, have, I, don't, two. I don't really know. I don't, not since Roy left uh, Fulham, I haven't been following his tactics too much. I mean, that, that would actually, that would make sense. I mean, uh, when, you know, Daniel Sturridge played up front with, with Luis Suarez, um, you know, right behind him uh, right. in Liverpool, and that, that that formation worked out great. So, I mean, I think that uh, you could do. I mean, Harry Kane is such a versatile player that I think that you could you could do it that way. Uh, that would actually be great. I mean, I would love to see an England team with with an informed Sturridge and, and Harry Kane. I mean, like they could really do some damage. Yeah, that that or uh, Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy up front too, which I'm sure a lot of people. Oh, Vardy, are God, talking yeah, about. yeah. I, I don't think Vardy will start though. I mean, I hate to say that as yeah. the greatest season as he's had, but. Um, I guess it depends on how, how well you know Sturridge is playing. Uh, all right, that aside, Graham McDonald says, uh, "What single game week players are you planning on hanging on to for the double game weeks of any?" So we talked about that earlier. Uh, Siraj uh, says, um, "Our defenders, hey Siraj, hey, our defenders from defensively frail teams with with double game weeks, uh, a la Everton and Liverpool, uh, really worth bringing in." So just to to, to restate the question. Um, and it's a tricky one, uh, you know. Bringing in defenders with bringing in defenders for double game weeks is is a, just a a tricky thing in general because you know you can blow two clean sheets and suddenly you get four points or three points or you know if you get a yellow card you get it with two points you know from a defender. 
Yeah. Uh, so we you know we think that um, you know we think that Arsenal looks pretty strong for this double game week. I I, I agree. Arsenal is top of the uh, defender wish list. I think uh, I would be very nervous about bringing an Everton defender for the double game weeks because uh, they're home to Southampton, which. I mean, it could be a clean sheet, but Southampton have been like I don't know with Sadio Mane. Like that team rises and falls offensively, like depending on how Sadio Mane is doing. Right, um, and he was so dangerous in that game that I think, uh, assuming he holds on to that form, I and mean, this is you know we're still talking about you know four weeks from now, given that there's a international break to come this weekend. So I, I think. Um, if Seamus, I, I if Seamus Coleman's form were like seasons past, and I know you rode the Seamus Coleman train for a while this season, and it did not yeah. pay, pay any little, dividends. It feels a little personal for me, the Everton thing. Yeah, so I mean, you you can't discount the value of bringing in a de- attacking defender like Coleman in this. Sunis Mori seems to be seems to get in yeah, great, position. great on he Huth esque on set pieces, mm-hmm. but. But again, they haven't, particularly with guy, a guy like Coleman, hasn't shown a whole lot this season for you to build build your team around that sort of strategy. The other problem is uh, Everton don't play in game week 35. So you're bringing yeah. in a defender and you're not sure what you're going to get from them in, you know, in terms of returns. And then you can't play them in game week 35. Um, so, I mean, because I'm assuming that I'm going to have to Whatever you know, whatever I do end up doing for Game Week 34, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to have three players who aren't playing in Game Week 35 on my bench. So you know, I don't want one of those three players to be Phil Jagielka. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess Manchester United would be another top of the list double game week defensive um, target. They have Villa and Crystal Palace at home in 34, and then Norwich and West Ham in 37. So I would put them up there with Arsenal. I think that, uh, yeah. I, th- I mean, Liverpool is a little more, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, Liverpool is, like maybe I'd be a little more, like, I mean, we're, it's so hard to talk about the Liverpool defense given what they just did to Southampton. Uh, but I'd be a little more inclined to bring in a Liverpool defender than I would a, um Everton defender. Just given that they're, I mean, part of it too is that that game week 35 is going to be really important because, not a ton of teams have great fixtures in game week 35. You know, Arsenal has a good fixture their way to Sunderland. Uh, Spurs have a great fixture. You know, they're um, West Brom. They're, they're, yeah, they're playing home, West Brom. Home, home to West Brom. Home to West Brom. Uh, Liverpool have a great fixture. They're home to Newcastle. So, yeah. I mean, you know, so you could bring in, you could bring in, you know, Nathaniel Klein, and um, there's a d- decent chance you could get a clean sheet either home to Everton or away to Bournemouth, uh, and then you're all set for game week 35 too. Well, that is a Newcastle team that's going to be balls to the wall, have to win. Mitrovic is going to be like taking his shirt off every five minutes and, uh, you know, going going nuts. Right. But just given that Liverpool have two double game weeks, I think I think I got to go with I don't I, I don't think I'm going to load up on one forward and two defenders or one forward yeah. and two midfielders in Liverpool. So uh, I think I'm going to have to pick up a defender. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could you could look at the at, at um, Mignolet there, maybe. Simon uh, Mignolet, the yeah. great the great penalty stopper himself. <laughs> I mean it's you know it's it's worth thinking about. I don't know. I've thought about it. I have thought about it. I yeah, I'm not gonna argue with you on do we this think, one. I, do we think John Flanagan's gonna keep his spot? He's played the last three game weeks. He's only, I don't see he's only why not. He, he he's he's like all over that Liverpool Instagram and Twitter feed. It's like all Flanagan all the time. Yeah, so maybe maybe Flanagan. At four yeah. at four point four, that's a that's a good cheap bun. <laughs> Okay, so uh, 
Last question is from Block99. He says, uh, Hail Cheaters, uh, interested to hear your wildcard strategies on the fixers have been announced. So, um, you know, really should read these questions like all at once. (laughs) 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 So, uh, Block99, I guess we just kind of ran through them. Hopefully there's some interesting uh, thoughts there. And, um, yeah, Yeah, I think that that, that's I I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've got some thoughts. Okay. We, we, ha- we haven't we haven't touched on Watford at all. Uh, I feel like this pod, and we mentioned Troy Deeney's name, but once. And if you look at their double game weeks, their four games in thirty four and thirty seven combined, they're all away from home, which makes it a little less appealing. But West Brom, West Ham, Norwich, and Liverpool these are all teams that I could conceivably see Igalo and Troy Deeney scoring against. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do get tripped up because they blank in game week 35. So I just want to make sure we we don't leave Watford uh, out to dry there. And for for all you for all your for all you um, Elton John fans, out that's there. fair. It's it's hard to get excited about Watford right now. I mean, I think they're, you know, they're I, if I were them, I'd, I'd be all in on the FA Cup. And I mean, they've they, you know they they're 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 not going down this year. It's you know like, there's not there's no chance of that happening. So it's just. You know, I don't know, and uh, I just don't know how motivated they are right now to, to to push on through the end of the season. Now, okay, here's here's the last curveball I'll throw at you. What about wild carding in game week thirty five? So, imagine you have your team kind of set up to play the double game weeks without playing your wild card in thirty four. And uh-huh. then you and then you have this series of blanks. You have what six blanks in game week thirty five? Uh-huh. Could take some serious rearranging to get um, a full strong squad for game week thirty five. Yeah, the, the the only problem is you couldn't bring in a lot of the teams that you'd want. Like, you know, just I, I feel like you'd have to wait till game week thirty six because. Because if you're waiting that long, then you want to load up on Everton players, you know, because they're away to Leicester, home away to Leicester and Sunderland. Um, I mean, that's a gr- so that's another triple captaincy option. I think is Lukaku in game week 37. Um, yeah. uh, you know, away to Leicester and Sunderland. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess Leicester could keep a clean sheet in game week 37 there, but it's um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of see some goals in that match. Let's just not talk about Leicester until they've won the league. I, I can't cheater, take yeah. it. I can't take it. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. But I think there's just many players you couldn't load up on. You know, you couldn't you yeah, couldn't bring I, in your, your beloved Watford players. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, or your any of your hammers. Yeah, yeah. You're you're right about that. That's true. But the things will be won and lost in game week thirty five. Mark my words. Mm, truly. Truly. All right, so we're gonna take next week off. We talked about taking next week off. Yeah, I think we're going to. I, I think we need a little break. You know, we're going like, we, to, we, you know, let's just, let's pray that nothing happens. First of all, nothing can happen as bad as what happened last week, which is that we recorded a Monday podcast where we talked about how we still can't talk about double game weeks because they haven't been announced. And then like somehow like minutes after the podcast was recorded, all the double game weeks were announced. Yeah. And so we had this podcast that was like basically dead on arrival the minute we posted it. Uh, so this week, let's just hope that, you know, like, okay, let's say this, if like, if Sergio Aguero goes down and uh, Harry Kane goes down and 
I don't know, like Mesut Ozil. If all three of those players go down injured in the international break, we will come back next week with a podcast. But barring that, we're taking a week off. We'll yeah. see our families, have a night, you know, to not record, and, and then come back after the uh, after sure. thirty-two. We'll go to Applebee's, our neighborhood bar and grill, hang out with the neighbors, <laughs> spend some real quality time with the community. Why don't we? But what we'll do is we'll post our because we know people. Never actually get this far, but if they do, they're they're excited for our optimizer picks. Uh, so we'll post those on uh, on Facebook. I love the social media optimizer. So yeah, you can you can follow us during our trials and tribulations of a week off and always cheating land. Uh, Facebook, yeah, Facebook dot com slash always cheating. And maybe that's just where we'll post those those optimizers going forward too, because we, we we've been debating just kind of cutting the optimizer in general, but maybe maybe it just makes more sense to exist uh, in an online form. It's true. Uh, I, I heard a wise person say recently that predicting is the lowest form of journalism. <laughs> so uh, our optimizer may be considered by the likes of David Remnick to be uh, low class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That wasn't very nice of David. <laughs> I don't. He wasn't directing it at me per se, but uh, <laughs> I definitely felt what he was saying. He, he looked you square in the eyes and he said that. Right, right. So, so definitely follow uh, follow us, and you can you can continue to pick our brains, and we'll pick your brains about the double game weeks on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating, and we're on Twitter at hail cheaters. And how else can people get in touch with us, Josh? Uh, they can email us uh, hailcheaters at gmail dot com, and uh, they can find us on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud and Stitcher. Cool, yeah, and uh, Poku, uh, we, lot, we we recently saw Poku, and he said, I will write a review of the Always Cheating podcast on iTunes once you've received uh, five additional iTunes reviews. <laughs> so if you out there listening want to see what Poku, how Poku would review us on iTunes, you have to make an effort and go review our podcast at least five times. That's I like that. Or just, re, or just write a review as Poku. That would also or, work. Or, yeah, just just pretend to be Poku. People do it all the time. Perhaps that's the only way Poku's going to get into that uh, starting lineup for NYCFC this season if he just has, uh, you know, pretends to be somebody else. I know, I know. That's, I mean, yeah, free Poku, please. <laughs> all right, Josh. Is that it? Have we covered everything? Yeah, that's it, Brandon. I'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Hail Poku. Hail cheaters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.